When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Tuesday on The Horn, it's a fact, Rod, that intro right there is one uh, Gary Clark Jr. I did see uh, over the weekend, Gary uh, put out a tweet or an X with uh, Coming Soon, kind of a new album tease. New, new material coming from our man Gary Clark Jr. Like that. That'll be cool. Looking nice. forward to that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, coming soon. Very cryptic, but makes it clear that there's some new material on its way in the new year, which we're excited about. Also, it's a fact, Rod, that coming off our What the Fact segment into our second hour, we'll get our headlines coming up. Rod's got his rant. We'll play Bullish or BS, all part of the 7 o'clock hour on this windy Tuesday morning. Uh, you know, you were mentioning the Liberty wide receiver who was in for a visit over the weekend. C.J. Daniels. C.J. Daniels. Yeah. Well, uh, I believe it's a fact that uh, so his mother put out a, uh, a social media post, a picture of her son. And Mama he had, knows. Mama knows. Well, she, he, you know, C.J. had donned the Texas uniform, the icy whites, right? The ice, the icy stormtroopers. Uh, stormtroopers. But I think it's the first picture that's gone out of the Texas uniform with the SEC logo on it. Like yeah, because uh, the yeah. right over the the T in Texas between there's a Nike swoosh over the S, there's a, right over the X, there's of course the Bevo, and then to the uh, right over the T, there's the SEC logo. I think that's the first time they've been okay. made visible. Interesting, I like so, that. Props to our man that, CJ. Hey, you're pulling out all the stops, huh? Hey man. Don in the SEC. You do need the wide receivers, though. You need them. So. You need them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, CJ, you need them. You're you losing them. five. And, You're losing uh, a bunch of And the young guys, they're great, but they're unproven commodities. You want more proven commodities, guys who have been there. This is a 1,000-yard receiver averaging over 20 yards per reception this past year. Uh, he can he can take the top off a of defense for you. You know, Sark wants to get back to having some speed out there, guys who can stretch the field vertically. He, he can be one of those guys for you. Yeah. You know, as you said, over 21 yards of care, a catch at Liberty, and good Liberty team, by the way. Um, it's true. Yeah. Uh, played in the New Year's Six Bowl, and then the other receiver to watch is the kid from Oregon State, the the little guy, the speedster, Silas Bolden. Silas Bolden with a cool name. Yeah, yeah. he's a but what but five eight, buck sixty, but, but he's can go explosive. Yeah, he had oh, uh, seven hundred fifty yards receiving last season. Also, can be I think the added value can be a punt returner for you. You losing Xavier Worthy, we don't think about. It. He's one of the best punt returners in the country. We just took it. For granted, <laughs> he was always a great punter. This is a guy that, by the way, did not return punts in high school. That's how good Xavier Worthy was at returning punts. He did, he didn't return punts in high school. Jeff Bates just you know was like, oh man, you got great hands. And Sark's like, no, you're really fast. And he's like, no, you're returning punts. I mean, think about that. And punt, kickoff return is easier than punt return. Punt return, dude, that's chaos. I mean, that is that that is chaos, man. Me. You you base you know that there will be people coming down like, like heat seeking missiles to take your head off if you don't fair catch it. So the, and he, by the way, does Exton have any fear? 
No, he did not. Fearless. Sometimes he should have been fair catching it. He wasn't. We're like, no, fair catch that. You have to be fair. You have to be fearless to do that job. Oh man! So yeah, that young guy he could be a punt returner too. All right, so keep an eye on that, and we will certainly keep you posted as these guys. Because I I think uh, C.J. Daniels was going to visit Oregon, and after leaving Texas, so uh, we'll keep an eye on the portal and all the news there. But obviously, we have a national champion. Uh, It is a fact in college football. Let's get to the top headlines and the top stories on this Tuesday morning. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment in their brand new location bring you the headlines. Start down in Houston. The Michigan Wolverines wrote a strong start and a powerful finish to a dominating 34-13 win over second-ranked Washington in the college football national championship game at NRG Stadium last night. Mays and Blue roared out to a 17-3 lead thanks to, in large part to a pair of long touchdown runs from their little-used running back Donovan Edwards. Their speed back, Huskies settled down, outscored Michigan 10-3 over the next two quarters and had as a one-score game into the fourth quarter, 20-13 midway through the fourth. That's when the undefeated Wolverines kicked it to the finish line. Big interception of Michael Penix Jr. in the red zone and then a pair of Blake Corum touchdown runs uh, led to the program's first national championship since 1997 for a happy head coach and Michigan man, Jim Harbaugh. Personally, I, uh, I can now sit at the big person's table in the family. They won't, they won't, they won't keep me over there in the, on the little table anymore. My dad, Jack Harbaugh, won a national championship and my brother won a Super Bowl. So, uh, Good to, it's good to be at the big person table from now on. Personally? All right. All right, so now we'll see if Harbaugh, if that was his final game as head coach in Ann Arbor. As many as five NFL teams with head coaching vacancies expected to have interest in the 60-year-old, including the maybe the Chargers, Bears, and Raiders. Whoever is the Wolverines coach, the uh, Michigan program as defending national champions will host Texas, the Longhorns, on September 7th of this year. Um, by the way, Longhorns officially finished third in the final AP poll that was released this morning behind Michigan and Washington. Texas, uh, speaking of Longhorns, their uh, news from the 40 with official word yesterday that Keelan Robinson, the running back and kick returner, will has declared for the NFL draft and foregoing his remaining year of eligibility. Same for Jalen Ford. The linebacker released a heartfelt goodbye on social media that you heard last hour here on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. Uh, he also was headed to the NFL. And according to a report from 24-7 Sports yesterday, wide receiver A.D. Mitchell is expected to declare for the draft. He is projected as a first-round pick, certainly a top-40 draft pick in the NFL. Big transfer portal news late yesterday. Former Ole Miss running back Quinshawn Judkins announced he is transferring to Ohio State. Judkins rushed for over 2,700 yards and 34 total touchdowns over two seasons with the Rebels. He's now on his way to Columbus. In basketball, congrats to the Texas freshman Madison Booker. Uh, she earned Big 12 Co-Player of the Week honors yesterday. Super Frosh averaged 16.5 points, 9 boards, and 6.5 assists to help t- the 10th-ranked Horns to road wins at Texas Tech and West Virginia last week. Uh, head coach Vic Schaefer's 15-1 Longhorns hosting TCU tomorrow night. Texas men are back on the floor tonight. Rodney Terry squad, of course, stumbled out of the gate in Big 12 play on Saturday night with a home loss to Texas Tech. They are back in action tonight at Cincinnati. That game will tip at 6 o'clock local time. In the NBA, Rockets lost in Miami last night, 120-113. And tough news from Memphis, confirmation that Grizzly star Ja Morant will undergo season-ending surgery on his shoulder and miss the remainder of the season. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Yeah, you can see. I mean, the talent advantage was um, apparent. It was apparent. (laughs) And it was obvious in that Michigan-Washington game um, through four quarters that Michigan was just over, they overwhelmed them. I mean, the Michigan controlled that game the entire game. They did it with their lines of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Um, but in addition, Texas had lines of scrimmage advantage, I think, too, against Washington. But they didn't have the pass defense 
and the players on the back end like Michigan did. And as we pointed out, and I've talked about it, the roster construction for Texas, it, it you know, the talent acquisition cycles, there's only so much talent you can bring in at one time, and you do have to prioritize based on whatever your blueprint is, certain positions. And I don't think Texas has prioritized to now the defensive backfield. They just didn't have the – they're ahead of schedule, so they didn't really have enough cycles of acquisition cycles to bring in enough talent. And I think now working on the te- the defensive backfield, you can see five defensive backs in this recruiting class. They got Makuba coming in. This was the cycle that they were addressing the defensive backs because they were ahead of schedule and because they ended up matched up against Washington, worst matchup for Texas. They were able to expose the last phase, one of the last phases of roster construction for Texas. And Michigan had already been there. Michigan, I mean, they've been building this thing for, what, seven years now? Michigan and Jim Harbaugh has been building it, and they've been close. Um, So, to me, that was the biggest difference between what Michigan was able to do and what Texas almost did in beating Washington. Yeah, and Michigan, you know, proved they're the the best team in college football this year. They started, for a lot of people, as the preseason number one team coming off of last year and been bringing everybody back. And J.J. McCarthy, a quarterback who, who's now 27-1 and one as a starting QB. He's a great game manager and now a Michigan legend. And, yeah, lines of scrimmage were the difference in the game, um, without a doubt. Uh, but, look, it, it was 20-13. to 13. It was I agree with you 100% that it was, it was uh, controlled by Michigan. But after the early, I thought, blown assignments, I mean, yeah, Michigan was pushing them around. But at the same time, there was just bad gap integrity. Bad, you know, the safeties took bad angles on Donovan Edwards a couple times in the first quarter and led to those long runs. And you know, Michigan raced out to the lead. You know, give give some credit to Washington. You know, I, I think it's pretty clear that um, you know, Kalen DeBoer's a good coach. His staff they made adjustments. They got that game back into into you know striking distance at twenty to thirteen. And Michigan fans were on the edge of their seat. And you know, Michael Penix just didn't play a great game. I mean, he played an in the zone elite game against Texas a week ago. And I no question, Michigan affected him more with their pass rush and knocked him around a little bit but he also missed some open throws that he did not miss last week against texas he did he did but i think he he made throws against texas that they were covered and he dropped it in the bucket well he was more he seemed like he was rattled more against them they hit they hit him more uh he he did look like the rib injury affected him more in that michigan game uh than it did in the texas game uh so yeah i'm not i'm not doubting that we saw the best of michael Penix versus texas that's just (laughs) the bad luck of texas um but michigan michigan's defense i mean that's the best defense in college Number one in the country. So I think we also saw how that affected him. He didn't have the throwing lanes. He didn't have that extra half a second um, to make that accurate throw. And, yeah, he he was just off. I mean, I've watched a lot of Michael Penix's film because of uh, prepping for the, the Sugar Bowl. And that was one of his worst games of the season. Now, it was because of Michigan's defense and their game plan. A lot of pre-snap movement and pre-snap presentation change for the defense in terms of what they were showing him. Uh, Middle of the field open. Sometimes the middle of the field was closed. They used two high and single high. They – Sometimes I, I saw, I thought I saw three high safeties out there well, uh, against Michael Penix. They threw a lot of different looks at him, and they were able to pressure with just four. They didn't have to blitz a lot of times. They got organic pressure. Well, and and to you know the overhaul of the Texas defensive backfield, I I do think Michigan. I mean, they were determined not to give up the big shot. They did not. And, uh, and so I did, th- I did think Kalen DeBoer made a good good adjustment with his offensive coordinator. They just went to a lot of quick game and the little screen passes they kept running because everything was going to be, you know, Michigan was dropping everybody back yeah. and they couldn't really run the ball because Dylan Johnson, the running back, got hurt on the first series. And then so they were trying to run with those little screen passes, which were working. 
Um, even that, I thought the offensive line were late getting getting out in front of those things a couple times. It could have sprung. But either way, uh, I thought it was a competitive football game. Michigan clearly the better lines of scrimmage. And um, Michael Penix played about a B-minus C-level game versus the A-level game that Longhorns allowed him to play uh, a week ago. Uh, but either way, the Michigan Wolverines are your national champions. Somebody said, guys, a little tidbit. Michael Jordan was in the house last night because Jordan – this the texter says convinced Jim Harbaugh around 2015 to make Michigan his first jump man football program. Jump man, jump man, jump man. There jump you go. Man. Yeah. So uh, welcome in to Michael Jordan. Uh, somebody asked this Rod that uh, Savion Red moved from wide receiver to running back this season because the running back room was too crowded. Could he move back to wide receiver next season? He could be that Jay Witt guy that can block. That's an uh, interesting that thought. Really, that really could block up front for those wide receiver screens. He's physical. That's not a bad idea if they do need depth at wide receiver. And honestly, they need a guy who, who can bring a physical edge to wide receiver like Jay Witt did with the screens and with the quick game and the underneath game and the short RPOs. That's that's something they should explore. I'm, yeah. I'm open to it because well, running back right now, you're pretty – you're pretty deep. Well, and Sark did talk when the move happened about, you know, we want him to be our Swiss Army knife in the future, potentially, right? Like, he, he kind of alluded to that, that, you know, having the receiver mindset and the running back mindset now. He's a quarterback in high school. You know, there's, there's a lot you can do with Savion Red. He the can red be, cat. Yeah, he can be an interesting chess piece, big picture, in a lot of phases for Texas, without a doubt. And you're right, that could be the guy that, that kind of replaces that Jay Witt physicality on the yeah. outside that you're looking for. Somebody said, I think Washington was able to load the box in the second and third quarter because of Michigan's passing game. That's true. And that's why, you know, blowing those assignments in the first quarter were Killed killers him. to Michigan. 174 yards rushing allowed in the first quarter. It, just, it, that, it, it really did, man. That, to me, set the tone, and Washington was playing catch-up the entire game, and they never could quite do it. If Penix was playing his A game, it wouldn't have been a big issue. But Penix had his, was playing a B game because of the Michigan defense. So getting down double digits in the first quarter – they just it was it was a Herculean task, man. They it was Sisyphean trying to get up that hill. They couldn't do it. They couldn't do it, and <laughs> uh, and then when they did, I mean, you know, there were a couple of big, big deep shot opportunities, and uh, Abe Penix either missed it oh, uh, or missed didn't connect with Dun Dun Zay, and then one and he did, and then they called a holding on his uh, own right that tackle. Was brutal. <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh, he finally got one. Oh, holding. <laughs> and it was holding, uh, without a doubt. But uh, yeah, Michigan, and look, somewhat similar to Texas, that you know that you know. When, when, when they hit that 77-yard bomb on the first series against Texas, you know, going into the game, the whole mm-hmm. whole month was about not giving up the big play. <laughs> and on the first series, they hit the bomb. And, yeah. and as you pointed out, I mean, PK brought extra people on that. They, they blitzed two extra people. They brought six and didn't get home, and Penix beat them. And I think that, that kind of put Texas on its heels, just like those two long runs put Washington on their heels, and yeah. you're kind of playing uphill the whole game. You know, I had to remind people last night that Texas was 21 all at half against Washington. They were 21 all at half. I mean, half. people, you know, that yeah. was a 20 – that was anybody's ball game, and the game was decided last week in the third quarter with the 13-0 spurt with the fumble and the ball control that Washington went on and was able to run, what, 22 plays to five for Texas in the third quarter and build that's, a 13-point yeah. lead. That's what – that's what – that was the game. That was the dagger. Yeah, um, and, and it did feel like – and Sark did say after that, man, you know – the C.J. Baxter fumble was big. We wanted to come out in the second half and establish that ground game, you know, assert ourselves with our, with our, with our size and, you know, not yeah. having the ball. Uh, yeah. And then by the time but you have the ball back, you're down 13 points. That's true. And, the, yeah, no, no, the th- third quarter is not Sark's fault. Uh, you can tell he wanted to run the ball. Then the fumbles and him, only five plays, I agree. That was separation. But the time to adjust was earlier. After second the quarter. First, after the first quarter. We were doing it. We were watching together. You yes, know? we were. And I remember saying, hey, E, they're averaging more yards per rush than yards per attempt. They should just run the football. Yeah. And it was 7-7. Yeah. It was 7-all. And there, there was also, I think we could all agree, 
there it seemed there, there seemed to be an issue with your defense, right? And it seemed like your defense was going and, to be and exposed. And Penix was in his own. And Penix was in his own. It was, it was, by, the, by the first quarter, we had enough for Sam Besides to go, okay, Penix is he's dealing. Run the ball. The defense really can't – the pass defense can't stop him. Um, Texas can run the ball. That's, they should just run the well, ball. That's right. And then you didn't run the ball. You kept trying to throw, and they kept exposing your defense. So my argument would be when you're averaging – what was it? You're averaging eight – 8.8 yards per rush in, <laughs> all right, in the first half, handing off the football to running backs, and you take away the, the, the two-minute drill. In the second quarter, you could have probably limited them to scoring maybe just seven points instead of scoring 14 because they wouldn't have to you, – basically, you, the third quarter for you when you only had five plays should have been – that should have been the second quarter for them. They should have only had like 10 plays. You should have been running the football, controlling the clock, and controlling the game, and you didn't. And then you recognize that at halftime, the time to make that adjustment wasn't at halftime. It was after the first quarter. Yeah. So I'm not – obviously, in hindsight, obviously, you know, we all, we all become, you know, great quarterbacks and, uh, you know, armchair quarterbacks at the time. But I'm saying even after that, I said it at the time, doing, doing with you, you should run the ball in the second quarter. That was the time to do it. Sark adjusted Well, and they late. did, right? I mean, they, to get to 14-all was the pony pack and the two back sets the whole way down. That was the, that, that, that was the first quarter. No, that was the, that was the second touchdown. That was, huh? the, that was 14-14. Oh, you're right about that. They yeah. got it to 14, right. and that, that's what they should have done the rest of the quarter. Yeah. Instead of Sark wanted to finish his script. <laughs> he, wanted to, he wanted to get through his script, and that's when they, they went back to the incomplete passes after the pony package, and that's to your point. I mean, because the, 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 the touchdown run where they just gouged him was no. made a 14-0, no, 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 is that right? No, 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 no. First, The first touchdown was the pony package. Is that right? It was, it was on, it, I remember because it was the second drive of the game. They came out in the pony package, and I was like, run it all game, baby. Run it all game. They ran seven plays. They averaged 10 yards per play on the pony package. They ran two more plays the entire damn game. Only yeah. ran nine plays on the pony package. So, yes, they should have ran one pony package, but you should have ran it in the second quarter. You found out in the first quarter that was the case. That's why I was so irate. I'm not going back on I'm just saying you missed your opportunity, and you adjusted too late. It's a game of inches. If you adjust earlier you win that game because think about it you're on a game winning drive all you do is limit them to i don't know three fewer points or one less touchdown and you win that game that's so right the adjustment which just came too late it's okay sark's still learning as a coach but the adjustment came too late should have came earlier you had it you had him you had him you had him on the ropes you had him on the ropes and you let him let him off the hook yeah well <laughs> and that's where longhorn fans are and you know michael penix penix missing wide open guys last night things he didn't do and that's the frustration but again uh, much like we said last tuesday when we came in and after the longhorn loss it's a lot better to be discouraged about this and those things than yes. what it had been for the previous 10 years longhorns finished third ranked third in the in the uh the uh, final AP poll, uh, which is, you know, that's a big step forward for this program. In year three, if you had told any Longhorn fan when the season began, you're going to play in the South College Football Playoff, win the Big 12, and, you know, finish third in the rankings, you'd take that. Oh. You absolutely would take that. No doubt. Uh, and, that's, and now you've got to build on that. And now you've got to take it, that next step uh, with a lot of good players. who we, we said this all through the season, Rod. There's a lot of guys on this roster who are playing for this year. And they're never going to step foot in the SEC. They'll never play an SEC game at Texas. And we're seeing that now with all the announcements and who's yeah. gone and who's leaving and all of that thing. Uh, but that's why you're, if you're Sark and if you're a fan of this team, you're, you're pleased you capitalized on this year. And now you've got to build on the foundation that was left in this year. 
Rod, since we went over time a little bit here, let's get a quick timeout. We'll come back, then we'll get to Rod's first rant of the morning. What are we uh, ranting on this morning? No, we'll talk Cowboys, Packers. Cowboys, we'll talk Packers. About, uh, the Texans a little bit and the Browns. We'll get into right. the matchups. The oh, players. man, it's time to turn yeah. that page. The college football season is in the re- rear view. Uh, we've got NFL wildcard action coming, plus more on the Longhorns. Some bullish or BS before the end of the hour. We'll get that on the other side. Rod's rant coming next on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, let's get to some uh, NFL playoff discussion here. Uh, I was looking at some of the numbers for... Jordan Love, and I realized that a lot of Cowboys fans and even myself, and I know Jordan Love has played well, but I just didn't realize how good of a season Jordan Love had uh, this year, his first year as a starter. You can make the argument that um, Jordan Love, this was a breakout year for him. <laughs> as a first year as a starter, now there's been a lot of talk about C.J. Stroud and how great he has been, and he has been the, you know, the greatest rookie campaign in the history of the NFL, so that's more the talk about him as a rookie and his first year uh, as a starter, of course. But Jordan Love, of course, he's been sitting on the bench, and the Packers, they, they have a certain way they go about grooming and developing their quarterbacks. And Jordan Love this year, after he settled down, now at that one point he was 2-5, and five, and most people had given up on Jordan Love and probably stopped paying attention. But since then, um, at least in the last eight games, he's got 18 touchdowns. 20 total, one interception, 6-2 and two record in those eight games, a 112.7 passer rating. Uh, if you go look at overall what they, what they had to deal with, he didn't have his starting left tackle. Bakhtiari, I think, played, started one game the entire season. Didn't have their, what was projected to be their top number one wide receiver in Christian Watson. Uh, no 1,000-yard receiver. Aaron Jones, the top running back, missed six games, I believe. Uh, Luke Musgrave is another one of their uh, top weapons. He missed six games. I, I mean, when he – so they had a lot of young guys playing. A lot of rookies are playing for I think it's back. the youngest roster in the league. Yeah, a lot of rookies Certainly are playing. Certainly in the for, NFC. Yeah, and when he's targeting rookies, you would think that the production drops off. It doesn't. He's completing 70% of his passes targeting rookies with a 112 pass rating. Only two interceptions this season when he's targeting a rookie. It's un- I'm telling you, it's really impressive what they're doing right now. And 80, 87% of his yards, I'm rounding up, um, are to first or second year players. And go, getting back to your point about the young, one of the youngest rosters in the league, that, I mean, I, I just, for those who don't know, who haven't been paying attention, he's had a phenomenal year. If you look at the most total touchdowns in, this, in, in the NFL, he's fourth behind Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, and Jordan Love. <laughs> They're a weird team, Rod, and, and yeah. I'll give you a little stat on that because it's good to be friends with Aaron Rodgers apparently because Alan Lazard, remember when, when oh, the yeah. Jets? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he made $11 million this year with the Jets. Wow. The entire receiving core for the Packers combined makes $7.5 bucks. Uh, <laughs> Alan Lazard, Aaron Rodgers got him paid. Cash. Cash. Uh, yeah. It's good to be his friend. Friend of, friend of Aaron, you're right. And, like it, 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 and remember, they also had Aaron Jones hurt for a while, and he's come yeah, back, their best running back. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, they're a weird team, Rod. You know, they, they lost to Pittsburgh. Uh, the Steelers back in November uh, at 23-19 in Pittsburgh, and they fell to 3-6. and six. Mm-hmm. Then they went on a three-game winning streak where they beat the Chargers, the Lions, and the Chiefs. I mean, two playoff teams, and the Chargers are talented. They beat them all. 
Uh, they beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead 27-16. Yeah. They were 6-6. Six and six. Then they lost two straight to the Giants. They went to New York and lost to the Giants. Yeah. Then they yeah. lost to Tampa. <laughs> and then they finished with three straight wins. They beat Carolina, Minnesota, and Chicago to make the playoffs. So they're one of those weird teams. That sounds like a young team, they're right? They're inconsistent. Yeah, they're young. Like a young quarterback would be. But, I mean, he is, he, he's trending in the right direction in the last eight games or so. You're talking about one of the top four or five best quarterbacks in the league performance-wise in the last eight games. That's crazy to think. You're like, that's, that's not true. No, eight, 18 touchdowns passing, 20 total uh, with only one interception. Yeah. If you go back to that stretch, phenomenal. remember that we, I think the only time I really watched the Packers this year was the two games that they won that were impressive where they beat Detroit on Thanksgiving. That was impressive. And were really good. I watched them in Detroit's too. a playoff team. And then yeah. they beat Kansas City the following week. And, you know, that was, that was controversial at the end, the officiating and whatnot. That was the Sunday night game. But that was two huge wins for them. But then somehow they lose to the Giants and the, and the Tampa Bay Bucks, And then you just remind yourself, yeah, that's the youngest roster in the NFC. That's what young teams do. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, but if the Cowboys catch the good Packers with Aaron Jones healthy, they can be a handful. I mean, the Cowboys are favored by seven and a half for a reason um, and, and should have a, a way to win this. But don't take them lightly, that's for sure. Do not, exactly. I mean, he's got the most starts uh, this season for any quarterback with multiple passing touchdowns with zero interceptions. The last QB to do that as a first-year starter was Roger Staubach in 1971. Like I, said, I know there's a lot, been a lot of talk about the young QB play of C.J. Stroud because he's, he's a prodigy. He's extraordinary. But Jordan Love, who was not a rookie, he's been sitting a while, but his first year as a starter, he's been in the second half of the season. He's been really, really good. And you just brought up a point that, that's, that worries me as a quasi-Cowboys fan, the return of Aaron Jones. Because he's only played six games, so – I mean, sorry, he only missed six games. But the last three games, he's really kind of found his form because he's been dealing with injuries all season long, and maybe he's just starting to get healthy. Last three games, 22 rushes, 111 yards, eight first downs, 20 carries, 120 yards, six first downs, 21 rushes, 127 yards, eight first downs. That's his last – three games, and he's been getting more and more efficient. If you go look at success rate, 63, 70, and 71. Last time the Cowboys played the Packers, and I want to remind the Cowboys of it because I know that was a heartbreaking loss in overtime, he had 138 yards. They had, 200, they had 207 well, yards teams, rushing in that game. And how have teams who've beaten the Cowboys beaten the Cowboys? They run the ball. They run the ball. They run the rock. I know that. And uh, have a quarterback that doesn't turn it over, and that's Aaron Rodgers – or Aaron uh, – Jordan Love and Aaron Jones. Uh, you know, because somebody said, how the hell the Packers seemingly hit on every quarterback. Remember, they, it's, the, it's the Packer way. I mean, they – It's been that way for years. I mean, they drafted Aaron Rodgers, yeah. let him sit for two seasons, and then in year three it was his turn, and same thing happens with Jordan Love. Um, they don't rush quarterbacks on the field uh, and let them, you know, learn the game a little bit. It's a pack, pack away, man. Yeah. It's and, a smart way to do business. And, you know, and as you just pointed out, I mean, they're 9-8 and eight this year and in the playoffs, they're ahead of schedule a little bit for the youngest roster as they, you know, moved on from the Aaron Rodgers era and now they're moving into the Jordan Love era and this is the first year of that. Uh, and it looks like it's on, a, on, a, on an ascent with it, these young players. It's, and I've, I've compared uh, the Oklahoma football program – um, and the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, organization to the Packers at one point, too, it's really hard to hit on three Hall of Famers in a row. I'm not saying Jordan Love's a Hall of Famer at all, but he's definitely not going to be a bust, <laughs> right? It seems like we're past the bust phase of it. Um, like the Steelers had three Hall of Fame coaches in a row, Oklahoma Sooners, were they going to have three Hall of Fame coaches in a row? Probably not with Brent Venables, but we'll see. 
Um, hell, Texas baseball. <laughs> Dealing with that too, right? To have three Hall of Fame coaches in a row, three Hall of Fame anything in a row is really tough. But I will say that if anybody can do it, the Packers can do it. Um, they, they can be that kind of organization that could do it. So, uh, once again, throwing it out there, Jordan Love, if you haven't been paying attention, he's one of the hottest quarterbacks in the NFL the last two weeks, and Aaron Jones is now getting healthy. Those are your biggest concerns if you're a Cowboys fan. But there's a reason you're favored by a touchdown. Yeah, and, and you're at home where you've been dominant for the last two seasons, and you're 8 no this year. Uh, you, you like having them in your building. The Cowboys play very fast. Uh, on that field without a doubt. And we've said this, there are a couple teams that are trending in a real good direction. I mean, the Rams are a team that have won seven of eight, as I've mentioned, into the playoffs. The the Packers have won three in a row into the playoffs. And those are, you know, over in the AFC, it's the Bills that are the hottest team. With And then the teams that are sinking, right? The Eagles are are, are disintegrating in front of our eyes. Uh, the Dolphins seem to be trending in a bad direction at yeah. this point. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's about the playoffs. And the Cowboys, you know, they're kind of right where they want to be at 12-5 and five and another real good season. And we, you know, would have said this back in September when the season began. Cowboys, if they're 12-5 and five entering the playoffs, this will now determine what their season is. Because yeah. this is where Mike McCarthy is, has delivered. Now it's about what does this look like the next three weeks? Because if you can play to the NFC Championship game, uh, it'll be a, a successful season. Um, and also, since we're on it, I, I'll give props to, because nobody's really done it, to Brian Gutenkus, the... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, GM for Aaron Rodgers' favorite Packers. guy. <laughs> I mean, he got dogged for because Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers would do you dirty in the court of public opinion. That's Jimmy Kimmel. Like he'll he'll dog you because he just has a he's got a big platform and he'll go viral with almost anything he says. Oh, he knows Kimmel that. Jimmy Kimmel had a monologue and Jimmy, last night. Yeah, we can play some about of that Aaron too. Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. But Aaron <laughs> Rodgers has done that with a lot of people, right? He did it with Fauci. He'll do it with anybody. Like he'll just hey, he wants to pick on you, he's gonna pick on you. And um, he did it with Gunkus. He just didn't like him. Remember he said that like, he knows how to reach me and all that kind of stuff and wouldn't answer the phone and he said only he only what has facetime in his like in the place he was living like it was was some weird it was such a weird little explanation but anyway give him credit because look at where they are now because they decided to be to you know to be consistent in in their methods and believe in in their organizational kind of philosophy about quarterbacks and it's like now we're moving on from Aaron we're moving on Jordan Love you're the guy you're the guy we're giving it to Jordan Love and it's paying off for them. Look at the way the Jets are. They're not saying they're cursed or anything, but Aaron Rodgers' ego, and obviously he has some bad luck with the injury. But it hasn't helped the Jets organization at all. And I think the Packers now are probably a little happy to be free of the, the toxicity of him. And by the way, Brian Gunkels got two more MVPs out of Aaron Rodgers. But after they drafted Joy Love, you got you got you got MVP performance out of them. Well, because it lit a fire. It because did. You've been trending in which, a bad direction. Which, as a general manager, that's also your job to know. That's right. That just your, it, it was it was Bill Belichick's 100%. job to know if I keep drafting quarterbacks, it's going to piss off Tom Brady enough to go out there and work extra. <laughs> he's never going to be satisfied that Brady's actually better when he's got somebody breathing down his back because he's always had it, even going back to his time as a Michigan man. <laughs> he never had, and I think he learned that probably from Lloyd Carr. Like, no, no, don't give Brady the job. Let him fight for it. He's had his best that way. 
yeah. as compared to sickness. Yeah, and it did, and it did, and it <laughs> almost – now, it didn't lead to playoff success, unfortunately, for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, there was going to be a divorce there, and it happened, and I'll give yeah. Gutenkunz credit that he's, you know, gotten out from under that deal. Now it's the Jets' deal, the problem to deal with, and uh, – you know, they only got four plays out of Aaron Rodgers this year. You got a young quarterback who got to emerge, go through some ups and downs, but now he has his team in the playoffs, and it is the youngest roster in the NFC. Executive of the year, candidate too. For sure. Potential over there with Nick Casario. Now I got, that you broke it down. I, I got Nick Casario, but yes. No, I, got, I agree Casario, but now that we're ma- making the case, actually, it's not bad. It's not a bad case at all. So those are the things to be concerned about if you're a uh, Dallas Cowboys fan. But Cowboys right now, I mean, they they're, they're I just want to throw out a couple of, like superlatives about the Cowboys, things that they've done. First of all, Michael Parsons, he only had one pressure in that game last season, though, uh, two seasons ago, where, where you played the Packers and you lost in overtime. Um, he only had one pressure in that game. I went back and looked at some of the stats. Uh, but Michael Parsons, uh, he got his 14th sack of the season um, in that last game, fifth NFL player since 1982, which is, I believe, when they started recording sacks, with at least 40 career sacks in his first three NFL seasons. Reggie White, Derek Thomas, Dwight Freeney, and Alden Smith. Ooh. Think about, man, what a talent he was. He was a San Fran, right? He was what a great know? player. He was so he quick. Was. That's why he kept getting so many chances. wins, But, yeah, he had an alcohol issue. Well, one of those things is not like the other. Yeah. Uh, but the thing with the Cowboys is, this is why this year is so important, man, because that, that guy's about to get paid. Like, he's about to be the highest paid. He might be the highest paid. He's not a defense player of all time. I think he will be that. But he's going to rival some quarterbacks. Yeah, he'll be the high, I think he'll play. be the highest paid. Well, based on what yeah. Boza got, um, you kind of have to go north of that. You and you're right, and that's Boza. what we said. I mean, the, the Cowboys' window is now um, because you've got to pay him. You've got to pay C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb. You've got to pay Deron Bland. And you've already paid, and you're already pretty heavy with your salary cap. And uh, this is the window. This is the window. And you said this perfectly yesterday. Uh, for people to think Mike McCarthy is, you know, the Cowboys are in a spot where, you know, Mike McCarthy's now tied to Dak. Because you're also going to extend Dak. You're going to give Dak a new contract yeah, he's on top of this. this year. Yeah, I mean, he's you know, led the NFL in, in touchdown thrown. He only threw nine interceptions this year. And you have to give a lot of credit to Mike McCarthy. So people who say, well, you move on from Mike McCarthy. Well, now he's now the architect of this offense with Dak Prescott. Yeah. So you kind of need him. <laughs> you yeah. kinda, if you're going to extend you better, Dak. Well, yeah, at least have a plan. You've got to bring in someone who's just as capable. And that's – that's hard to bring in. I mean, who's just as capable well, as these Super two Bowl guys? Kind of built the offense together with with Brian Schottenheimer was there too. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it. This is a real opportunity year for the Cowboys with with what could be two home games, and then you know if you're a Cowboys fan, you're rooting like hell for someone to knock off the 49ers, so you could play the NFC Championship game at home too. But that's unlikely because they don't have to play one game before that uh, after a week off. So so we'll see. But yeah, big opportunity here for the Cowboys. But it's also a big challenge because the window can close really fast, Rod. With the salary cap. Yes. I, I mentioned this earlier. The Texans, as we'll talk about them too, into their game with Cleveland, they're the, the top ten teams with the most salary cap space this offseason. Washington has the most. Tennessee is second. Houston is third with $74 million under the cap. And that, they're the only playoff team in the top ten of salary cap space. Indianapolis, New England, Cincinnati, Chicago, uh, Vegas, <laughs> Arizona, uh, all with a lot of cap space. The teams at the bottom who are negative – Think about this, Rod. This is what happens when you get capped out. The, the Buffalo Bills, minus 41 million. The Miami Dolphins, minus 43 million. New Orleans Saints, who didn't even make the playoffs, Rod, minus 76 million in yeah. the cap. Yeah. I don't that's, think I've ever seen that before. Yeah, but no, that's why for Buffalo, this is a do-or-die year. That's why you saw them 
with such urgency make moves yes. like Sean McDermott decide I'm going to call defensive plays, uh, you know, them move Joe Brady into the offensive coordinator role. Uh, they this is the year. This if is they the year. If they don't, if they don't make a Super Bowl run this year, they got to they could break it all up. They got to break it all up. They have to first of all, salary cap wise. But then I think they're outside the five year window. My five, the five year rule I talk about all the time. They're outside of it. Yep, they're, and, they're, they're, the Bills are playing with uh, desperation. Yeah. Cowboys need to too, by the way. Yeah. I'll be, do that. Because, yeah. you know, they have a lot of good young players. It's just a capped league. You can't afford them all. Well, you can't. Yeah, especially once you pay Micah and CD and then Dak. I mean, right there, you, Dak's going to be – at the time, I mean, I'm assuming he's going to be the highest-paid QB when, he, when they re, right, re-up him. Yeah. He's not going to – He'll be up there. He'll be up there. If not the highest-paid, he'll be right there in the conversation. But Micah's going to be the highest-paid defensive player of all time. And then CD's going to be the highest-paid wide receiver after what he did this year. Yeah. He's going to be an all-pro. Yeah, these are good things that these guys are performing at all-pro levels, guys, but you've you got to pay for it. You've got to pay them. And so, I, yeah, I'm with you. I don't really know how they can keep it all together if they don't make a run this year. As long as they get to the NFC well, title game this year, I think – and I'm not, I'm not saying settle for that, but as long as they get there, that's progress. You can justify – all right, let's cap out and keep it all together for one more run. Right, and that's where the 49ers, who are the one seed and probably a better team all around, not by a ton, but they are, and they've got your number. You know, they're still playing with a rookie quarterback who they haven't had to pay. So they've had, they have the ability to stay really. That's how they can afford all this talent where the Cowboys have paid Dak, and now they're going to have to pay him again. Uh, here coming up. Uh, meanwhile, Kyle, uh, Rod with the Texans here in Rod's rant. How about this? Quarterbacks to lead the NFL in passing yards per game and touchdown to interception ratio in a single season. Yeah, I think you mentioned this yesterday. Joe Montana, Tom Brady, C.J. Stroud, 2023. He's amazing. Say that again. Joe Montana, 1989. Tom Brady, 07. Yeah. C.J. Stroud, 20. That's the list of quarterbacks who have led the NFL yeah. in passing yards per game and pass touchdown to interception ratio in a single season. And he's a rookie. And he's 22, he's 22 years he's a, old. He's a rookie. Those, those guys weren't rookies when they did it. He's a rookie. For you Texans fans, I will say this. The Cowboys, the, the, the Texans lost to the Browns a couple weeks ago, Ron, and it wasn't pretty. Amari uh, Cooper got loose, and Joe Flacco had a huge game. But remember, for the Texans, they played that game without C.J. Stroud, yeah, a lot of guys without Malik injured. Collins, without yeah. Will Anderson, without Blake Cashman, their middle linebacker, without Shaq Mason, their right guard, without Denzel Perryman, their middle linebacker, and without um, you know Nelson, their cornerback, so Steven Nelson. So, and without all those guys, Texans lost by seven points. So that's the hope, uh, that you get C.J. back and he can play a special game. I think both the Cowboys and Texans have a chance to play into round two. Of the uh, NFC, NFC's playoffs, the or Texans, the NFL's playoffs. They do, but it, it's going to be – this will be the biggest test for C.J. Stroud of the season. 100%. He's going up against the best defense in the league, arguably, in the Browns. How much and, does it help that he just saw it? Uh, or they, it, the Texans just saw the Browns? It didn't help him because he didn't get he didn't play. to see them. Uh, game plan-wise, it helps because at least they know what the Browns like to do. Well, everybody knows what the Browns like to do. The Browns don't even hide. The Browns play a lot of man coverage. The Browns play – uh, second most man coverage in the league, cover one in the league. Um, and I believe you will look at the, uh, the like the, the cover one, which is they call cover one, but they play the most fourth most man coverage and the second most cover one. Cover one is basically when you have a single high safety. Uh, man coverage can be a lot of different man. You can play man two, two man under. So in terms of man overall, all different man concepts, they're still top five there. And the second most cover one against man coverage, C.J. Stroud's stats fall off a bit. 
as a rookie. He's real and good against zone. He's great against zone, and the Colts played a ton of zone. Like, they were one of the top five teams in the NFL playing zone, so he just ripped them to shreds. Browns play a lot of man, and they got the – I think who's going to be defensive player of the year all right, in Miles Garrett, and that's why they play a lot of man, so they can move him around, hunt matchups, and get after it. This uh, would be a game where you really could use a Tank Dell who can beat man coverage and, and you, yes. could be a security blanket in a big spot. Now, yeah. that needs to be Dalton Schultz or Nico Collins. Now, Nico Collins has been great, actually, this year. Nico Collins is yours, yours per He's route He's probably going to draw Genzel Ward quite a bit in this game. Yeah. <laughs> He's second in the NFL right now in yards per route run, which is probably the most efficient way to judge wide receiver efficiency. He's second. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. 3.3 yards per route run. All right, we'll come back when we do. There's Rods Rants. Good stuff right there. Cowboys, Texans, Packers, Browns uh, coming up in Wild Card Weekend. Uh, oh, good uh, thing to focus on now that the college football season is in the rear view. Coming up, we'll play around a bullish or BS, including the question, Rod, was that Jim Harbaugh's final game as the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines? The Michigan man at the top. Is, uh, are you bullish or BS on that? We'll ask that question. Coming back on Hook Up with Ian Rod B. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. It is uh, Bullish or BS time, and it's National Law Enforcement Day. We are bullish on our law enforcement uh, officers and first responders. Thank you for the work you do. For shizzle. Running into, running into trouble as trouble is happening as we're running away. Appreciate them. Also, thoughts and prayers to those folks up at that hotel in Fort Worth yesterday. Right about that, 21 people injured at uh, downtown Fort Worth. Like a natural gas explosion. Ooh. Yeah, it looked like a bomb went off. Obviously, that will happen when a natural gas explosion happens. Fortunately, I'm not fortunate. No one was killed. Oh, uh, but also, it was on a Monday. Like, I mean, obviously, a hotel is going to be its least crowded on a Monday, right? Most crowded on the weekend, but a scary situation that in Fort scary. Worth yesterday up in Cowtown. So, uh, not bullish on that I at all. I heard that. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, that was nuts that's yesterday. That's when we they're thankful for the first responders, man. Yeah. Hey, hey. Somebody's got to go in there. Well, and, uh, and there's video of it because work. there's uh, you know, security cameras and stuff. And your initial thought is, uh, you know, somebody set up a bomb. This is not good. Uh, and it turns out to be natural gas. Uh, hey, Rod, you're a big, you know, I've been watching, scanning my TV channels these days, and the, the Sopranos are re-airing. I've seen that, yeah. You've seen that? I've seen it on HBO. Apparently, I was thinking why. They're replaying them. Apparently, the Sopranos 25th anniversary collection with never-been-released footage is coming out on Max. Interesting. Uh, you bullish on that? I think uh, you'd have I'm, to be, right? I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm bullish on that. I, I actually rewatched it. Uh, maybe like five years ago, I, re- I rewatched every episode. Back yeah, to back I'll just to be flipping through and there's nothing on her. <laughs> you know, you know me, Rod. I don't watch oh. commercials, so if something goes to commercial, I flip. Yeah. And I, I just always end up on The Sopranos. I don't care where you are. It's just even if you watch for five minutes, it's like, oh man, this it's show's fantastic. so good. Oh, it's great. So good. No, the writing was superb. It really <laughs> oh, was. It's one of the greatest shows of all time. So I, yeah, I'm all about that. And they, um, what was it, The Saints of Newark, the prequel movie? They the did? Many Saints of Newark. Saints of Newark. Yeah, I don't know that. that Are guy, they going to do something else? Is that the only I don't thing know. I don't, okay. I don't know. It's twenty fifth anniversary, uh, but I, you know, I, I know people had different opinions and weren't bullish, or they called BS on the the Many Saints of Newark. I actually enjoyed it, and I've always encouraged folks if you've never watched Sopranos, watch that first. Yeah, that's yeah. That Even if it's background. not as good, it does give you good background on who's who, and I agree with that um, gets you ahead of the curve a little bit once you get to episode to season one of Sopranos of who's who and where Tony Soprano came from. I totally uh, agree with that. Uh, pretty cool way to, to watch that series if you've never seen it. Okay, Rod, so uh, bullish or BS, that was Michigan's um, coach Jim Harbaugh's final game last night. Final game. Uh, bullish. I think he's going to the league. I think he's going to the NFL. That's it. He, yeah, I think. well, you're on the mountaintop of college football. 
you're you're a made man now in the college football realm, and you were so close to being a made man in the NFL. <laughs> um, that Super Bowl, if not for what, if not for your brother, right? <laughs> Did his brother win the Super Bowl? Yeah, it was year? in New Orleans. I covered that it Super was Bowl, the Hardball Bowl. That was the Beyonce uh, turned the lights out at the yeah, Superdome Bowl. <laughs> yeah, the lights went out, everything. Um, I think he he knows that he could he could get in a really good position while and, and get a really good place with a really good team, who's got some pieces already and he knows he's a hell of a coach and, and he can win a Super Bowl in the NFL and win both you know a championship in the college realm and in the NFL you're a made man period I mean then you're in rarefied air it is and so few have done it you know it is freaky because we, we will play it again coming up in the headlines at the cut where he says he can now sit at the big boy table at, at, yeah. at family dinners he's been thinking about it he's been thinking about it because you know his, mm-hmm. his it's it's weird because in his younger days, you didn't think of it. Now you see as he's aged, how much he looks like his dad. Yeah. Sometimes you see his dad, and you're like, you think it's Jim. You're like, damn, mm-hmm. they look identical. Yeah, man. Uh, Tell you. And a cool scene last night when John Harbaugh came over and tapped him while he was on the sidelines, and he's like, who's, t- who's touching me? <laughs> exactly. He felt like, oh, oh, bro, what's hey, up, what's up, bro? What's yeah. up, bro? <laughs> he knew it did. At first, he, he, he turned around with a little bit of aggression. He's, he's like, oh, what's up, bro? And took his headset. I was like, what's up, man? Yeah, that was cool. Uh, that was really good. Uh, well, we'll get Ty Henderson's opinion on this, but uh, and Bullish or BS, our producer. Ty, can you have the uh, – can you play the second piece of audio I sent you on Jim Harbaugh? Because here, you know, we, we – you know, big boy table is one thing and the celebration. But here's one indicator that maybe it's BS that he's going to go to the NFL. Here's Jim Harbaugh talking about what's coming into the spring here. Can we play this there, T.Y.? Told them three or four days ago, we're, gonna, we're moving spring practice back. We usually, we usually start on Valentine's Day, okay. February 14th, because we love football. Um, but this year we're going to move it back. We're going to move it back about a month. Uh, that'll be good, too. We'll have uh, some nice weather in the spring in Ann Arbor. Okay, so you're thinking about the spring in Ann Arbor. All right. It's only three or four days ago. There you go. There you go. We love football. Because we love football. <laughs> such I, a thing. I, I just, it was it's such a horrible thing. And it, like, that's the reason. Like, because we love football, damn it. As soon as we can start, we're going to start football again. We're going to start on Valentine's Day. Uh, I, yeah, no, it's, Harbaugh's great. I, I'll say this. Until he has a new mission and a new task, he is on task and on mission. There you go. He's one of those guys, right? So until he officially has a new mission, a new task, he's going to be on mission and on task. But I do believe when he makes his decision, and I think the decision will be to go to the NFL, I think he's going to be full steam ahead. I agree with you. And, and everything he said for the last week or two weeks leading up to these games, he has not – promised anything he's he's made it all about the moment he stayed on task as far as dealing with these games with Alabama and then Washington uh Ty are you bullish or BS on Jim Harbaugh was that his final game at Michigan is he in the NFL by next year yeah I think he's done all right where 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 are we most bullish is it the Panthers Commanders Chargers Falcons Raiders or other where Uh, he's going to land I'm not quite sure on what team but the Bears have not yet whacked their coach Matt Eberflus Mm. Uh, but most anticipate they will. Is that one of those things they're going to talk to Harbaugh behind the scenes now and then see if he's interested? And if he is, then they'll fire Eberflus? Yeah, because maybe they like what Eberflus is doing right now. Yeah, well, if Harbaugh's coming. That, that's a little covert, but you know what? If, if you, if you kind of like Eberflus, but you really like Harbaugh. You, you, you talk to Harbaugh. Can you talk to Harbaugh? You need to go talk to Harbaugh. Uh, and, you know, if he's interested, then okay, sorry, Matt. See ya. Because they have the most attractive situation. 
for Harbaugh. Yeah, they do. They, they, right? This they is the most do. attractive team that, that was, you know, still in contention late. There is some talent there. They made the trade last year. They brought a you know, oh, bunch man. of capital, and you've got uh, Justin Fields. And you can still play your Midwest dollar football that you're playing right now. Yeah, you're gonna change that. Much. You're not gonna change much. You can draft most of your Michigan team. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> You're really good, man. Hey, that's a huge advantage, though. I mean, that, even Jimmy talked about that. Jimmy Johnson talked about that. Look at that, that, that Look at that little graphic. Head coaches to win the Super Bowl and National Championship. Pete Carroll, Barry Switzer, and Jimmy Johnson. And Jimmy Johnson actually talked about what a huge advantage it was when he went to the league and he knew intimately like the evaluations of all the best players because he had recruited a lot of them uh, coming out of high school and he had actually, you know, obviously scouted a lot of them played in college them. already. Played, played against, against them, yeah. them. He had knew the mentally, so he knew like, oh, I'm diamond in the rough in the, in the sixth round, this guy's money. This guy's going yeah, – I, I knew this guy was an NFL player. So deep yeah. guy was. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. I mean, he just scouted for, you know, a month the Alabama team. So he knows the Alabama team. Jim Harbaugh knows well. all the really good uh, teams. Ohio State, right. he knows Ohio State. Knows Bama. Knows Bama. <laughs> right. Hey, based on Connor Stallion. Connor Stallion uh, has all the intel. Got, <laughs> He goes, all the top, but remember, kind of stars only scout the top teams in college football. So you got all that. You got, yeah. the, you got yeah. all that. So we'll see. I, oh, I agree man. with you. And remember, when we say the Bears have the best situation, they have the first pick in the draft via Carolina. They have the tenth pick in the draft mm. of their own. Uh, so then you can take. And they two. got some talent there. And you got you got trading you got trade capital with Justin Fields. Yeah, and there are a lot of people that think that the, the Atlanta Falcons make sense make sense as a place where you could trade Justin Fields, acquire more draft capital, or get a weapon or two, or get a player from them for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, uh, all right. Uh, 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 real quick, I know we're up against it. Uh, this is Bullish or BS. Give it to me. Uh, remember the uh, the running back, Quinshon Judkins. Quinshon Judkins, yeah. Ohio State. Huge. Commissioner Ohio State. We bullish your BS on that. That's bullish. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I know the allegations at Ole Miss is he's a me guy, but uh, Travion Henderson's going to the draft. And uh, their other good running back, the kid that scored the game when he touched down against Notre Dame, he transferred to Kentucky. So they need a back in a big way. And there are carries available with uh, whoever's going to be the quarterback there Will Howard yeah. uh, or Devin Brown uh, in Ohio. I mean, and Quinshawn Judkins. He's I mean, special. I mean, he's special. The first SEC running back to score 15 or more touchdowns his first two years in the SEC since Herschel Walker. Yeah, that dude. Now he's he's special, man. He really is. So that's I, I wonder how much NIL dollars he got because reportedly that was one of his uh, gripes. Somebody said bullish or BS guys. What do you think of the rumor Kirby Smart to the Atlanta Falcons? That Arthur Blank's going big. Oh, interesting. I hadn't heard that. I one, hadn't but. heard that. Okay. Huh. We gotta research that one. Kirby Smart to the league. I never thought about it. I'm not saying it wouldn't work. Never thought about it, though. Well, because Kirby Smart, much like Jim Harbaugh, that's his alma mater. Mm-hmm. Like the last three national champions of the coaches were and, alumnus. And, hell, Kirby would argue if they'd have put him in there this year, he'd have won the damn thing, too. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I think the playoff committee got it right. I think we had uh, you know, three did. really good games. They three, did. You know, the, the semifinal games each went to the last play. Uh, the final play to decide it, and last night was a game into the middle of the fourth quarter at 20-13. to 13. All right, we'll come back. We pick it up on the other side with those headlines and uh, more your thoughts on the bullish or BS topics of the morning. Let's hook them up with Ian Rodby on a windy Tuesday. Be careful out there.